about it, speak about it, live about it, dream about it No doubt about it, not a time to be about it Cause we all got something we want But the hardest part is the ambition So, take a long, hard look at your life, man Take inventory, measure it twice, man Cut once, make a master plan, man Step right on up and be a man, man I'm telling you the time is now, now My actions are speaking loud, loud My words can't show you how, how Learn dignity and make them all proud Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge. Uh, welcome to the very first Fear the Bobcast. Today's guests on the panel will be Mickey and Adam Grossman. Fellas, how are you doing today? Good evening. So yeah, all week we planned on doing Fear the Bobcast here on the Bobcast Network. And, uh, you know, we were going to dive right into it, but uh, some things happened today in the news. Uh, I woke up to uh, a whole bunch of stuff. WDBJ out of Virginia, uh, a guy named Vester Flanagan, who went by the name uh, Bryce Williams, opened fire on live television and killed Allison Parker and Adam Ward, her cameraman, injuring um, some other person. And, you know, I mean, it, it flashed across all of social media. It was all over the news stations. And, you know... I'm just disgusted with, like, uh, you know, mental illness and guns in America. The fact that he broadcast it and filmed it on a GoPro camera for everyone to see. It's just, uh, it's devastating. Uh, let's start with you, Mickey, first. I mean, how did you feel watching this footage? I think there's an epidemic, man. And, uh, you know, I'll say last, last night, actually, that, that now in the Roman... Empire, they had gladiators who killed each other for, and that's what the entertainment was. Yeah. And now we have sports. I, I don't think sports are the new gladiators. I think the news is the new gladiators, dude. So what are you trying I to say? That the news, that the news breeds violence? No, no, no. I just trying to say that in Roman Empire they had the gladiators kill each other, and people try to equate sports with the gladiators. But in reality, I think the news is the new gladiators. They show all the deaths, all the cheaters, all the, you know, serial killers, and they just broadcast this ultra-violence, and, like, you know, the sports don't do nothing like that. They just, you know, are, both are boring. <clears throat> so, Adam, how did you feel about uh, hearing this news this morning? Uh, I was kind of shocked. Um, I hear about shootings enough, unfortunately, that becomes kind of commonplace, and they always seem to be escalating. I mean, you know... First it was a school, and then, you know, a couple years later, uh, after a few schools had been done, it was an elementary school, and, you know, then movie theaters, and now the, the next one is live TV. So how many more of these things are we going to see on fucking live TV with the idiot fucking copycast? It's, it's a bit of an epidemic, and it sucks. Um, I have no clue how to put a stop to it, though. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the footage today, but somebody said they interviewed uh, uh, President Obama, and he, you know, said something, you know, we can put all sorts of money into foreign aid, stuff like that, but we don't do anything about the violence that's happening inside of our country. Um, Mickey, you said something about gladiators. So, like, are you trying to say that, like, like we as a society need to have violence to, like, uh, you know, exist? In my style, I kind of leave what I say open to interpretation, but that's a good way to look at it. Kind I don't of, know. I mean, violence kind of like that. I don't know. I was thinking this last night. I was thinking this last night. This was way before this today. I just woke up. This is just where I was at last night. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just like I, I was listening to the stories about all the astronauts, the cheaters, the, you know, murderers, the scandalers, and all this. And it's just like, dude, like, 
like what like what is this like what like what is this and i was watching some old gladiator movie or something and just kind of put it together but as far as the shooting goes man I, I, that's got to be one of the most surreal things you know of our uh of our of, our, of the year yeah it just it sucks man like i'm so sick of it you know what i mean like I, I have my feelings about guns uh, in general. Um, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I have friends who own guns, and I understand why it's important as an American to own weapons and stuff like that. But at the same time, I also see it as, like, you know, it doesn't help things. You know what I mean? Like, the, the Colorado movie shooting of The Dark Knight Rises, obviously. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that should never happen. And that, I mean, as far as back as 1999, on the, on the last Bobcast, we talked about Columbine. And that was the first time that, like, I think that violence was brought to the home front, you know. I mean, obviously there was other things in the course of, you know, history, but I feel as if, you know, our society is just deteriorating. I mean, mental illness, I mean, this guy apparently did work for WDBJ down there. Um, he went by the name Bryce Williams, um, and he was fired. And I just read something before we did this Bobcast that he was describing himself as a powder keg ready to explode. And uh, today I had a, I was on the road and I was listening to um, KYW and I heard the news come over that, you know, he had taken his life. And I was kind of pissed off because, like, you know, I, I wanted him to get caught. I wanted him to be, like, you know, punished for, for doing this. And, like, it's so sick and sadistic. I mean, like, I just watched the footage that he filmed uh, of himself. And, you know, like, he, he's waiting for the camera to, like, point back to... Um, uh, Allison Parker, so, like, he could get his message across that, you know, he was going to commit this crime on live TV. I mean, I, I have no suggestions. I mean, uh, Adam, do you have anything in mind that, you know, we could do as a culture to stop this from happening? Uh, I really don't. There's, there doesn't seem to be anything that can be done. I mean, if you, if you tighten the gun laws or even ban the guns, uh, well, number one, the people will still have guns. You're not going to get all of them. And people will go to other means. If, if all the guns get banned and the crazies can't gun, get guns anymore, then there's going to be a rash of stabbings or beatings or more homemade explosives. I mean, there's really not much that can be done. Um, the news media needs to stop sensationalizing it. Uh, that's the biggest part of the problem that I can see. I mean, yes, it's, it's sad that it happens and it is newsworthy, but for the next two or three weeks, this is all we're going to fucking hear about. And everybody's going to know this dude's name and this dude's face. And he's going to die famous. And he shouldn't. He should die fucking forgotten after what he fucking did. All of them should. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Mickey, you, you said something at the beginning of the podcast about how the news likes to sensationalize these things. You know, it, it does, like in today's society, you know, like our news stories, our news coverage in, excel, in itself is like it's become you know, I guess an enemy, I guess, of the state in a way is that, you know, the news breeds these types of acts of violence. So maybe that's something that we touched upon here on the podcast. Uh, you know, things I mean, are... Look, uh, look our, our human brains, honestly, aren't that big or powerful enough to, you know, understand, like, the complexities of our world. You know what I'm saying? At once. It's, like, too big for us to really understand. We can only look at little bits and pieces of it and 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 trying to figure out you know what to do about stuff like this it's just like insane and and like like we say that you can't stop the rising tide it's just this is where we are this is what's going on the media can chill but you know how's that gonna even happen 
I know. It's a shame. Um, you know, I, I was thinking to myself today, you know, like, we're reacting to violence. For me, personally, I like my violence in film, television, comic books. You know, I just read this book, Ready Player One. I totally recommend it by Ernest Klein. There's violence in that. Am I turned off by violence? No, I like violence just like anybody else. If there's going to be a big fight inside of a ring, I'm going to watch it pay-per-view. Just kind of like you were saying earlier, uh, Mickey, with the gladiator sensation. You know, I like my violence to be controlled. I like it to be fictionalized. So with that being said, let's switch over to another topic, the fear of the bombcast. Violence in the fictionalized television form. Uh, Last weekend, the highest debut ever in the ratings for a ca- uh, cable television show, Fear the Walking Dead, written by uh, Robert Kirkman and some other folks, debuted at 9 p.m. Uh, at first, I didn't know you know, how to react to it upon the second viewing. You know, I gotta say, uh, I'm on board. Um, let's start with you, Adam. Uh, how did you feel about Fear the Walking Dead? Uh, I liked it. I'm on board. I don't love it yet. I was, I was expecting or hoping for more, maybe. Or maybe I was expecting too much for the opening, and this the series seems to be like it's going to be more of a slow burn than the first season of Walking Dead was. And I was hoping for something a little bit more exciting. It's still good. I'm on board, but um, I'm not completely hooked yet. You know, um, for me, you know, one of the things in the entirety of the first episode that I thought that they might touch upon is the origin of the virus, and it appears as if we'll never know. You know what's happening. I, I do like the approach they did, kind of like the bath salts type of uh, the cameraman and the helicopter looking down at the fella. Uh, Mick, how did you uh, fare with the episode? You watched it uh, last night, right? Right, and that's just jogged my memory. It wasn't a gladiator movie. It was The Walking Dead when they point blank their first zombie on live TV, and they're looking at it on the cell phones. Like I woke up, and it's like art imitates life, or life imitates art. I'm just like, yeah. Did that just? Are we just, is this just like, and it's just like, you know what I mean? It's crazy, but as far as the show goes, uh, I mean, it's entertaining, you know, it's cool. I like the the characters, the actors, and all that. Uh, Setting's legit. LA is like all up in the the area again. But what's up with like the fact that 10 years ago, we were totally zombied out for that one miraculous week in LA, and like, you know, we were going to write the zombie scripts, and nothing ever happened, but why were we so obsessed with zombies ourselves 10 years ago? Because zombies have been around for, I mean, George Romero's films, you know, cult classics. I mean, people are always obsessed with, you know, the idea of coming. I mean, you know, some religions are founded on the principles of, you know, someone coming back from the dead. So I guess zombies, um, in in a way, are like a religion. But what sparked our interest that week, you know? What was it? Oh, that was me, because I was just obsessed with uh, that place that we used to rent movies you can get a movie for 99 cents per night. And there was no Netflix. There was no torrents back in the day. So we were just popping. We were watching every single zombie film known to man. That was um, great, man. So, well, yeah, the world's going zombie crazy now. Like, can, 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 I read this article about TV having too much content, blah, blah, blah. Can, can, can all this zombie group on sustain? Can there be two walking dead shows? It's like, how is that not overkill? Well, there's iZombie, there's a, there's a couple other um, shows on sci-fi, I think, that deal with zombies. But uh, for me, I've always just watched, you know, AMC's The Walking Dead. I can't wait till it comes back in October. I think that it, it's really hitting a stride, but that's a whole different topic. Fear the Walking Dead. Um, 
You know what I really liked? I liked the fact that the first time, the first scene, we see uh, the first incarnation of a zombie through the eyes of a junkie. So we don't know, you know, in his mind, he's struggling with the fact, is this real? Is it not real? Uh, the actor, uh, Frank uh, Delane, uh, plays uh, Nikki on the show. Uh, he's a actor from the UK. I thought he was fabulous. Dude. When he wakes up, he's wearing her uh, white sweater, and he uh, kind of moseys down into the church and then finds, you know, the victims. But the scene that really got me, though, is when he busts out that church, man, and he's, they ruined it in the advertisements because they spoiled it a couple weeks before, but when he's running and he's looking back towards the church to see if something's coming at him, I totally believed him. I believed all the range of emotions that act that actor is portraying. Adam, how did you feel about that scene? Yeah, uh, he's doing a pretty good job with it. Uh, he's definitely selling uh, the whole junkie thing, the whole can't believe what I'm seeing, my mind is about to snap type of thing. And he's also doing a real good job of being uh, the guy that nobody believes, even though that's, that's, that's become a thing in all horror movies. Is there's always a person that knows what's going on, nobody believes them. And he's, he's, they gave him a nice twist on that overdone type of character. Yeah. With the junk, right? Yeah. Yeah. By making him a junkie instead of just an ordinary person with a wild theory, they have a reason not to believe him. Yeah. He's got a reason no. not to believe himself. And putting so much from his perspective, the audience even has a reason not to believe them if they didn't already know that this is essentially going to be his obvious apocalypse. True, yeah, very true. You know, that that is a great that is a great twist. Like when the show first started, when like the first scene like you know, played, I was like, How are they gonna make this dark? I'm like, There's nothing else that can make dark. Like there's it's, everything's so dark anymore. But then once I saw him in that flop house, I was like, oh. I'm like, dude, this is so dark. I'm loving it. What was his girlfriend's name? I don't know, but she was smoking. Yeah, she was. that, that was a great scene, though, when he said I mean, the oh, knife yeah, inside whoa. of her. Yo, but, speaking of which, uh, if you recall in the uh, first season of The Walking Dead, they realized that the uh, pathogen or whatever, the virus, is airborne. It only takes place once you die. So his girlfriend must have OD'd on that junk. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was thinking. I was just going to bring that up, and I think that's like genius creative writing. The fact that she died from them shooting up. He nods off. She was next to him. She gets up, and I guess somehow or another makes her way downstairs and uh, kills two people. But yeah, I thought that was great. Um, and then we're uh, we're thrown into the mix. We're meeting like uh, Nikki's family. Uh, his mom. Uh, is Madison and her boyfriend's Travis. Um, the chick from the the film Gone Girl meets uh, uh, what's his name from the movie Blow. Uh, what's his name? Pablo Escobar. Yeah, Pablo Escobar, man. Pablo Escobar meets the girl from Gone Girl, and you know their chemistry is pretty good. You know, I always like. I mean, the guy that plays Travis, he was in Training Day, and he uh, is the one that's putting Ethan Hawke into the tub. You know, I totally believe both these characters. I mean, there's a little bit too much, you know, family kind of stuff going on with Travis not being able to get you know, uh, in contact or have his real son come and he wants to save Nikki or whatever. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel as if, you know, these types of elements of characterization, you know, will help us care about the characters more. I couldn't tell if Madison was a, um, a guidance counselor, a security guard. From all the advertisements on TV, I thought she was a straight cop. I see her as a cop all the time in every film she's in. She just looks like a de- cop or a detective. But um, she made a great. Uh, she made a great. Um, Madam on Sons of Anarchy too. I never watched Sons of Anarchy. I heard it's really good. It's in my you know Netflix queue. But um, 
what's the, the, the his sister, you know, the boyfriend, stuff like that. I could have gone with a little bit less of that and a little bit more, you know, zombie plot. But the notion of, like, you know, people getting sick, the kid with the acne, I mean, that's totally like Robert Kirkman all the way, you know, bringing the knife to school. So, you know, I mean, like, it, it gets to a certain point where, you know, in the show, it's an hour and a half the premiere. And, you know, I'm, I was on Twitter during it, and, like, a lot of people are like, this sucks. I'm not enjoying this, you know, and then, you know, slowly, as Adam said earlier, it's a slow burn to, you know, I guess the first instance of, like, you know, suspense, and it really doesn't happen until, um, you know, that, that scene on the 405 freeway, and, you know, it really upset me, though, that they chose to put a commercial break right in there, because it really started going then, you know what I mean, like, everyone's like, oh, don't believe Nikki, don't believe Nikki, you know, and then Travis somehow, like, goes to the house and uh, trips into a lot of... A puddle of guts, and then finally realizes that Nikki might be right. Uh, Adam, how did you feel about that scene on the highway for the reveal of, I guess, the zombies in the Fear of the Walking Dead world? It was it was pretty well done. Um, I was, I think, a lot of the audience and myself included were waiting for all hell to break loose, and for some reason, naively, we're expecting it in the pilot episode when we already know that this, this whole season is supposed to be leading up to the apocalypse that eventually inhabits the world of The Walking Dead. So the whole time I'm watching it and I'm waiting for more to happen and more hell to break loose, and it's not, and I'm just going to have to get used to it. This is taking a lot longer than what I was expecting. This is also the first time a TV series has done anything like this. I mean, we've seen the start of a zombie apocalypse in potent of zombie movies, but that's the first five minutes of the movie, and then... The rest of the movie is the zombies everywhere. So it's a good point. It's, it's, it's doing pretty well, though. So you know, uh, we come back from commercial break, and then we automatically go into the school school where all the students are watching. You know, the YouTube footage of the incidents, and uh, you know, the one thing that I that I do like about the show is that the zombies look fresh. Like all the zombies in The Walking Dead, they just look like completely like you know emaciated but these zombies have a different look and you know i I enjoy that um before we actually get to see you know up close a zombie we we find that nikki is escaping through the hospital and using his charm and wit to get one arm (laughs) freed i love when the bedpan hits the floor and then the guy flatlines i thought that was great you know um so he I, I, i like how he puts on the pants and the jacket Dude, this kid, this actor, man, he, he's he got such range. He's only 24 years old. I think his last name's Delane. I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll make sure I check for the next Fear of the Bobcast episode. But um, I, apparently he was in the a couple films and a couple TV shows. One of the, I never watched any of the Harry Potter movies, but he's in there. This kid, he, he, can, he can act scared. He can act, you know, uh, worried, petrified, stupefied, you know, whatever. But... Uh, you know, he busts out of there, and, uh, you know, he's still, like, struggling with the fact in his mind, you know, did he see what he really saw? You know, is there really a zombie apocalypse happening? So his first uh, instance is to call up his uh, drug dealer, Cal. This this role right here, it really, I had to go back and watch it, because I'm like, who is this dude? Is this Nikki's boyfriend? Like, what what's the deal, like, between these guys? I mean, like, there is no real backstory, so you got to kind of piece it together. They must have went to high school together. Cal's been selling drugs for a long time on the come. Did anybody else notice that, uh, I think that the restaurant that they meet in is the same restaurant in Pulp Fiction? I don't see it, really. I don't know. It looks just like it. I mean, 
I think it might be. Uh, you you remember Pans in um, L.A., Mickey? Do you remember when you would drive? Yeah. We would, it was called. It was a place that they only filmed. It was a restaurant that's yeah, only open yeah. for film. I it think was right that's by the, the spot. Building. I think so, but there's a freeway right there, so I'm not really sure. But um, did anybody anybody else in in this scene think that uh, these two were romantically linked, or is it just me? Nah. I mean, nah. Like, Nikki's putting his head in his hand. He, Cal's like holding him. He's like, "It'll be all right. I got you, bro. I got you." I don't know. I had to go back and well, watch he, it twice. He was manipulating him. Totally, because he wants to take him out. Yeah, he was lulling him into a sense of comfort and security. I don't know. Somebody out there in the Bobcast world was probably thinking the same thing I was. But yeah, he he gets him in the car and he takes him to uh, I guess where you know Terminator Two was filmed. Uh, a lot of uh, you know elements of uh, Los Angeles are based upon that uh, man-made river reservoir. I love this scene. Uh, I love this scene. I, lo- I love like how Nikki's just like you know he's our he's our guy. He's our he's our Rick Grimes in this series, and how quick he reacts when he sees the gun. What were your uh, thoughts on it, Mickey? LOL. at Rick Grimes. I loved that scene, man. I loved how like he shuffled out the car door. Uh, even talking about this show now, it's kind of making me like it a little more. And just to jump the gun, especially when they came back. And like, you oh, know, yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll get there. But you know what right. I mean? Like, the fact yeah. that, like, you know, Nikki just, like, you know, he's fighting for his life and he, you know, pops one off in uh, Cal's chest. And then, you know, his first re I love how, like, yeah, he, he's not sure if he should pick up the gun. He's touching the car, he's thinking about fingerprints. But his first reaction is to call Travis, which uh, surprised me. You know what I mean? I, I feel as if, you know, uh, a lot can be said about that character, and I think he's going to go in the great places. You know what I mean? Like, they all seem like a tight. Nick community. Um, once he gets in contact with Travis, he's a little upset that Madison, his mom's there. But uh, we all know what happens next. Adam, uh, what did you like about this scene? The big reveal of the zombie on Fear the Walking Dead. I like the fact that it was finally a payoff. They were hinting at stuff the whole episode. And there were a couple of little teases there. Uh, most specifically, the scene with uh, the old guy that codes, and you know, you're kind of expecting when everybody's going to give him CPR in the hospital. You're kind of expecting him to come back as a zombie and attack nurses, and he doesn't. He just dies and is taken out of the room. Uh, there's a scene with the principal, and um, oh yeah, I love that scene with the principal. That was great. Not comes in to talk, to try talking to him. He's, the principal's back is to the camera, and he's just sitting there shaking, and you know, kind of wonder did this dude turn? Did something happen? No, nothing happened. He's fine. It was another fake out. Finally, he goes to show everybody his body that. He left there, and the body's not where he fucking left it. And there's finally a fucking zombie in the zombie TV show. So <laughs> it was an excellent payoff, and it kept the audience waiting till the end, and it was well worth the wait, because that whole sequence was really well done. Yeah, the dark tunnel, uh, you know, with all the graffiti and stuff, and how many times did Nikki run him over in the car? You know what I mean? And then I guess the, the closing shot is basically... You know, after Nikki's, you know, pummeled him and put him back into the reservoir, you know, they realize that, shit, he's not dead. He's still alive with all his broken bones. And that's when we get the first fresh look at the new zombie on the Fear of the Walking Dead. The eyes are crystal blue. The skin, you know, is relatively untouched. I, I don't know, like, how quickly things are going to progress on the show, like how fast the virus is going to spread, um, how, how fast the evacuation process will, you know, occur, I guess, in the course of, like, what, there's only five more episodes, there's only six episodes in this season, which will go right into The Walking Dead. Um, predictions, Mickey, of what's going to happen next? Oh, wow. Predictions? 
I think it'll just be more like more developing the unit, more like you know remote outbreaks, and then uh, I think they'll get involved in some sort of uh, medical, scientific, you know, educational aspect of why it's starting. You think so? Do you think they're actually going to show you like what caused the virus, or like no. hint to it? What's that, Adam? Just for that. I don't think they're going to explain how the thing started specifically at all. Maybe drop a couple of hints and let the audience fill in whatever blanks it will, but they're never going to give you a definitive answer. Not until the end of the series, where the definitive answer of how it started will be how it cured or ultimately conquered. Yeah, well, I think we talked about that previously here on the, the Pop Culture Dial episodes that, you know, The Walking Dead very well could go on for, you know, 20 years. I mean, shows like Dynasty on um, syndicated television went on, you know, longer than that. Um, I can see, you know, it lasting, you know, forever in a way because, I mean, the tale, it, it, all those characters eventually are going to die. I, I mean... Predictions. So you you think Adam like they will never show you what's happening. Do you think that we will leave LA eventually, or you think that like they're going to set up shop and try to defend themselves? Um, I think they'll eventually leave LA the same way that Rick's group left the heart of Atlanta. You don't want to be in the middle of a city. That's my thoughts. Yeah. The zombie apocalypse happens. You're going to want to get the fuck out of town and head for the outskirts and for the suburbs, and for the rural areas where there's less population, and therefore less zombies. Um, trying to survive in the city is pretty much suicide. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see it staying in Los Angeles. I know there a lot of the reviews online were saying that they love the fact that, you know, Los Angeles is a character in the show. Um, you know, I, I, see, I see them leaving eventually as well. Um, do you guys think that uh, eventually we'll see any of the characters from The Walking Dead appear on Fear the Walking Dead? And if, and if you do, which ones? I'd like to see the doctor from the CDC at the end of season one of Walking Dead make an appearance. That would make sense. That would make total sense, right? Where was the, C- the, the CDC in Atlanta, from right? Atlanta would make any sense, but the CDC doctor would make sense. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty yeah, stupid. Yeah. What about you, Mickey? Maybe, just maybe, a character from Fear the Walking Dead appears on The Walking Dead. Yeah, that that could work. I mean, I don't know where we are in the time frame. I don't know. We've talked about on the on the Walking Dead. It always seems that uh, it's always summer or fall. It never gets cold. I would love to see one season of Fear of the Walking Dead. Like, excuse me, The Walking Dead during the dead of winter. Zombies in the winter. I don't know if they've ever done it on on film or in TV. I mean, they've done Thirty Days of Night, one of my favorite films. It's a graphic novel. If you guys never checked that out, it's awesome. But um, that's no, they were all those zombies. Yeah, they kind of. That movie's so good, but um, yeah, I don't know where it's gonna go, but we'll definitely be tuning in here each week on the Bobcast, talking about uh, you know, all things. It, it's fun sometimes, you know. See, this is the positive nature of talking about violence in the fictionalized form. There's no part of me right now that wants to harm anybody. I do want to watch, you know, maybe a horror film. I'm gonna check out. Uh, it's called Black Mirror on Netflix tonight. A lot of people have been telling me to check it out. They say it's very dark. Uh, Adam, you um, were a guest here on the last Bobcast. Uh, since that time, you have a new episode of your Virgin Sacrifice podcast out there. Tell the Bobcast listeners what the new one's about. I do. Uh, just posted um, tonight, and the one that we did was uh, Darren Aronofsky's The 
Fountain, starring Rachel Wise and Hugh Jackman. Great film. You've seen it, right, Mickey? Uh, it sounds so familiar. Oh, it's so, it's so like it's like a metaphysical trip through, I guess, many different aspects of history. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember I, I saw it in a theater, and it's like um, Hugh Jackman, like you know, at the height, I guess, of the Wolverine oh. fame, decides to get Darren on board, who did uh, Requiem for a Dream and Pie. Did you guys know that at one point, like uh, Wolverine Origins was to be directed? Or no, excuse me, the Wolverine was be, to be directed by Darren Aronofsky. But it fell through. That movie would have been so much better. I mean, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. I don't think they've ever gotten the character right. Hopefully with this last one, they really come into it. Uh, Adam, where can the Bobcast listeners uh, check out the podcast on The Fountain? Uh, you can go to The Virgin Sacrifice at castmate.fm and also facebook.com slash The Virgin Sacrifice. Excellent. Uh, we'll be sure to be tuning in. Uh, Mickey, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Uh, dispelling, you know, your general, you know, knowledge of all things zombie and pop culture. Adam, uh, once again, thanks for coming back on the show. Everybody out there in the Bobcast universe, stay tuned. We got the 100th episode coming up. The Whole Foods Rooftop, Top of the World Party, September 25th. Apple Dial. With, yeah, Papple Dial. With Judah Kim, Gorgeous <laughs> Porch, Montage, and our band Pocket Dial. We'll be uh, recording up there, celebrating, you know, all things Bobcast, all things pocket dial uh it is the weekend that the pope is coming to town but we're gonna put on a show i mean people here in the suburbs if you're locked down you got nowhere to go come on over get yourself a nice craft brew pint up there on the roof uh tickets are going to be eight dollars with some of the proceeds going towards the whole kids foundation uh it's this organization that helps kids eat healthy in inner city programs with that being said my name's bob this has been the first episode of fear the bobcast but in, you know, all things in reality, it still is the Bobcast. The Bobcast.